we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back after you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts, plus also small game source and inside sports fantasy football. Of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com, you know they're always talking Lakers, and they do so each and every week with Ox1947 over there at LakersBall.com. Plus, he owns a business, by the way. It's called Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. So, if you're in the Southern California area and you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today, go ahead. Go give it a shot. Go on over to Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Our good friend Stone Hansen, he's right in the middle of everything going on with the NBA draft. And there's no better place to go than the Upside Swings NBA Draft podcast. Join him and the guys each and every time out. They've got a ton of episodes. I'm still hoping I will get my invitation to come back. I hope I didn't ruin it from the last time I was on at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. But also as well, go ahead and check out the Lakerholics. We've got something special for you this weekend. It is the Dueling Banjos of our, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom, and of course, Jamie Sweet. They'll be having a special show this weekend for you from Lakerholics and also Lakerholics.com right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. And then, uh, uh, you know, if you can go ahead and make sure you like and subscribe. Please subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air. When I get back into beautiful Las Vegas, right there for you where I'm at, I know I told Joe already I'm going knee-deep into a lot of content. Whether I got Stone on, I know he wants to do more stuff. I'm going to try and reach out to Laker Nick. The whole entire crew that's out there, I'm going to go ahead and do it coming up this next week. So i got a lot, ton, a ton of content coming for you right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. So please subscribe to get the latest notifications on when you can go ahead and check out the latest Lakers Fast Break right there for you. But it is the Lakers Fast Break right here in June. It is June. I know, I know the NBA Finals are coming on tonight. I know we're kind of sad that the Lakers are not part of it. We know the Denver Nuggets and, and also as well, the Miami Heat are going to go ahead and take battle game one. We'll share some thoughts on that. I think it's going to be Denver in five games at the most, but that's just me. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, but the main important thing is Lakers because the news and rumors are already started. We hear everything from Bobby Portis. We hear Kyrie Irving. We hear you know just a whole bunch of names being tossed about there. You know, Obviously also as well, What's going on with the guys that we would like to retain and maybe not like to retain going forward as well. So a ton of talk about there. But first up, the thing we know for sure is the Lakers have right now, when it comes to the NBA draft coming up later this month, the 17th and 47th pick. So we're here today with our draft expert, Stone Hansen from Upside Swings. We're going to go ahead and delve deep into his thought process, what he's looking for. And what we think we might, you know, I want to ask him on questions, but also his thoughts on what the Lakers might do later this month. Maybe they'll package a deal. Maybe they'll go ahead and keep the picks. We'll talk about what they might do, what they should do, and what they will do coming up later this month in the NBA draft. But also here today, good man indeed. It is Joe Soro, Ox1947. And before we bring Stone Hansen on, Joe, good to have you back, my friend. Good to be back right here in the Pacific Northwest talking to you. Yeah, it's been a it's been lousy actually. I, I didn't anticipate it being this kind of just blah. 
especially with Miami going to the finals, I the 2020 rematch was very, very intriguing had it happened. And I believe the Lakers would have beat Miami again had they got past Denver. So it's 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 settled in and it's actually bothering me the more and more we wait for what the hell the result of this lousy finals is going to be. I'll tell you what, my friend, it's just something that we are uh, going to go ahead and hopefully start rectifying to get the Lakers in a better position into the finals next season. So definitely looking forward to that. But uh, before we get to Stone, I want to ask you real quick, any thoughts on the NBA finals? Again, to me, Denver in, a, in five, maybe even a sweep. Yeah, Denver in five or six is probably the way I'm going to go. Uh, the Cinderella story again for Miami is they're 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 scrappy and they're this and they're that. But the the problem is they, I guess. I mean Milwaukee was good, but Milwaukee always has this issue with not coming through sometimes. And 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 if Phoenix makes a couple shots, they'd still be in that that area of not coming through uh, since 2021. Denver has been the best team in the NBA since the beginning of the year. And if there's no major injuries, I don't see how they're going to be able to beat Miami. Miami would have to take tonight's game first to start putting in some scares. Yeah. So if Miami wants to win this series, they got to win game one. If they don't win game one, I, I, I see Denver going up 2-0 and Denver stealing one in Miami and then probably close it out in five. Well, there you go, indeed. But also here today, good man indeed. You've got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. It is Stone Hanson. Stone, first off, thanks so much for everything you did during the course of this past season with us. We truly were humbled and uh, valued as far as uh, what you did for us, as far as all the insight, all the stuff, whether the audience of ours loved it or hated it, they certainly appreciated and took it in. And it truly, truly, by all means, just helped accentuate this show even further, my friends. So the biggest compliments to you on what you did for us this season. Yeah, I just appreciate being on. I always love talking basketball. So it's good to be back here again. Um, now uh, we sort of enter my favorite aspect of the year. Um, and even though we're not in the finals like I wish we were, um, there's still exciting things to talk about. So um, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff to to get to today. Wanted to hear your thoughts real quick on the finals. It is tonight. Uh, you know, I know that the Lakers are not part of it. I know that we only have a passing interest in it. Joe uh, said he might do the playback. Uh, that I'll leave that up to him if he wants to do the playback for tonight on it. Coming up later, that's up to him if he wants to go ahead and start it up. But your thoughts on the NBA Finals, my friend? Um, I am going to go Denver in six, I think. Um, I just think Miami could give them a bit of a run defensively. Uh, I think losing Tyler Hero might have actually been the best thing to happen to them because now they're forced to play uh, Caleb Martin and he's been huge for them on both ends. So um, I, I think that um, they're going to have a lot of defensive, uh, you know, things that they can muck up for, for Denver, but ultimately I think Denver's uh, probably just out talents them. So uh, I'll go with Denver in six. I don't blame you, my friend. Uh, that's actually a little bit stronger than what I think. I just think it's going to be a total dominance by 
Denver. I think that their toughest matchup was the one that they had in, in the conference finals. I bet the Lakers of any team of the last four were probably the ones that match up the best against the Denver Nuggets. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But again, it is the Lakers fast break. We're here to talk Lakers. Lakers have, as far as for the upcoming draft, and you wanted to cover this first, especially because you're getting a few, you're fielding a ton of questions. You're getting a ton of, of feedback. This is your time of year, my friend, more than any other. The Lakers do have 17 and 47 on the books as of now. They actually have to make the pick, I believe, even if they are trading it. So your thoughts first off on your process on how you would go about taking care of the Lakers draft. Yeah, so I think that there's a couple things to consider when looking at this. Um, first of all is the aspect of your two best players are older and you want to make sure that you have something when they eventually are no longer um, with the team uh, in one way or another, whether it's retiring or some crazy trade that we can't foresee right now. Uh, you want to have something um, to you know in the stable to uh, continue on without having to uh, tank for multiple years. Uh, the other aspect to consider is that um, at 17, you're not necessarily going to be getting a building block, a franchise changer, but at the same time, uh, because of what I mentioned just a minute ago, that uh, I don't think you want to rashly just trade it for whatever win now type of player might come around. Uh, I don't think you want to, you know, the first semi-veteran that that is a good starter. I don't think you want to just jump at that and and say uh, immediately we're going to send 17 and, and 47 whatever else we can to get that player. Uh, I think you want to take everything into consideration. Um, I think you want to make sure that um, if you do trade it, the player coming back uh, is not just a one or two year type guy and, and might be a bit more of a longer term player that can help us um, in the long term as well. So I think there's a couple of things to consider. Uh, and as far as just like overall draft philosophy, I know there's a lot of people that are just say take the best player available. There's other people that say fit matters a lot. Um, I somewhat fall in the middle where I think um, you want your best players to be optimized and you want well, you want to optimize your players the best, your best players the most, and you also want to have these guys um, in a position where they can succeed the most. You want to get the most talent out of your players that also boost your best players. So I think that's the best way of looking at it rather than one way of, of best player available versus fit. Uh, I think it can kind of, you know, uh, split the difference in the middle. So do you have any questions for Stone first off on how he goes about his thoughts and then maybe how it correlates to what the Lakers will actually end up doing? I haven't had any time to research what players might be available around that that slot. Ten years ago, I might have looked at anything above five as a complimentary player. But things have changed the last since really the Kawhi Leonard draft. I don't I don't remember a player beyond ten at the most uh, being an impact player, an MVP type player. We have Jokic, who's won two MVPs, who was a second round pick. You've got Kawhi Leonard, who's should have been an MVP in some one of these years had he been able to play a whole season, but swan, but has won two Finals MVPs. And he was picked 15th. You have Giannis, who's a 
two-time MVP, one-time Defensive Player of the Year, NBA champion who was picked 15th. So things have changed. Things have changed. We've seen the Lakers pick up massively impactful players uh, to the point where they're on first-team NBA teams, whether it's defense or whatnot, that were not even drafted. So now at this point, it does become relevant in paying attention to see what could be. Could the Lakers, being that they picked players like Austin Reeves and Alex Caruso off the scrap heap, could they get the next guy at 17? It is interesting. It's highly unlikely, but there's a chance now versus years ago. And that, honestly, with the Caleb Martins that you mentioned, with these guys that are kind of coming out of nowhere. Uh, I I only remember Sam Cassell, uh, a rookie who was the, was the really, in a lot of ways, the second best player on that 1994 Rockets championship team. He was phenomenal. And boy, would that help right away if the Lakers somehow were able to get a player that had that ability and that kind of, I guess, confidence to kind of help the, help the big stars throughout the season. And then in the playoffs, that's, that's my, my, my prayer. (laughs) That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for that missing gem at the right time. And uh, the the kind of, the kind of pick that would make the entire league want to hate us even more because of us like, look, they got that guy in the draft and now they win the championship in 2024 because he was the third best player. And then they signed Austin Reeves and Austin Reeves is having a better third season. And, you know, so it's just like, that's to me, my instincts, which that's carried me my whole life. My instincts are telling me right now that I believe the Lakers should focus on the draft and focus on their own guys at this point. Yes, I wish we could get a Dame Lillard. Yes, I wish we could get a Bradley Beal. But I believe that that mindset of trying to get that those type of guys with the restrictions that are there are going to take you away from developing and building chemistry and focusing on how to manage the team next year with an older LeBron and an AD that's starting to go that route, even though he's still somewhat in his prime. So that's that's kind of what I'm waiting to see. Are they going to put their heads down and go the hell with the outside situation? Let's take care of our own thing. Let's take care of things that we actually can't control. If something comes our way, yeah, we'll listen. But I think Darvin Ham needs to get a he's gotten a full year here. He improved a lot from the end of the regular season to this, the, the Denver series, let's see how he prepares now this summer with what I believe going to be at least three to two guys that are going to be coming back from the current free agent crop. I, I'm, I'm almost sure it's going to be at least two, maybe three. And then at that point, you can start getting the crew prepared because I believe LeBron is going to go into this season telling himself, I have to win it this next year and I'm going to do everything I can to preserve myself, to train myself into getting that. And hopefully AD 
can stay healthy and win a defensive player of the year. Cause I believe if he plays 70 games a year or I'm sorry, 70, 70 games this next year, he will win the defensive player of the year award. Your thoughts on that stone. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you want obviously to get the best player you can. You want to get uh, someone that I think can continue as a big part of your franchise. Uh, I don't know that obviously um, that the lower you go in the draft, the lower the percentage of getting that sort of player there is, but there's not an impossibility. Like Joe is saying, there's guys, you know, in recent memory that have become real stars. A lot of times it's, it's a lot harder to predict that um, when they're going lower. And it's also, I mean, it's not impossible. It's just unlikely. The further down you get, the more, the harder it is to find that star. The stars usually go at the top because that's, that's uh, where the, you know, teams identify them, their talent as. That said, I think there is at least one guy I kind of like at 17 to maybe be that. Um, I think Nick Smith Jr. out of Arkansas is someone I've identified as, like, worthy of being a top five type guy. Uh, I, I actually have him six right now, but he, I would be fine with a team taking him top five. He won't go that high. Um, he's dropped. His stock has dropped since the start of the season after a lot of injury. Um, a lot of context issues at Arkansas where this court was not spaced out very well. And I think he is a guard that can play both ways, can play on or off the ball. Um, and I think will be uh, someone that has the potential to make like multiple all-star games. Um, whether he does or not, I'm going to be wrong on guys. Uh, there's going to be guys that are better than I say and worse than I say. Um my thoughts and opinions might change after the draft takes place because they'll be in context where they might be in a lot better situation than they would be otherwise and just viewing them through a vacuum. But as of now, I think Nick Smith Jr. would probably be my top pick at 17 and the guy most likely to be what Joe is hoping for. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like It has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate everyone being part of what we're doing here and watching and listening. It is Stone Hansen and Joe Soros. Stone Hansen, you can find at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. We are talking the Lakers Draft. One thing I have for you, Stone, is this. I know that that's a good choice as well. Robert Carter was in the, on Facebook. He's asking about Trey Jackson Davis from Indiana. Uh, how, what are your thoughts on him and what your assessment on if he could possibly be where the Lakers are drafting at? Um, I, I would be pretty shocked if he went 
uh, anywhere near like 17. I think he's probably more of a target at like 47 for the Lakers. It is really hard to say where guys are going to go. Like you can't just, uh, after the lottery, it gets really tough in this year's class. Um, there's a lot of guys between 25 and 50 that their range may be in. Um, it's it's really tough to pin down exactly, you know, a five or 10 spot range for a lot of these players. Trace Jackson Davis uh, would be someone I think goes a bit later than 17, maybe high 30s to in the 50s, I would imagine somewhere in the second round. Uh, maybe late first he sneaks in there, but I'm not the biggest fan of him. I, I know a lot of people like him. I think that he's a really good passer. I, I really love the passing from him. Um, I think the rim protection is okay. Uh, I don't think it's great. Um, I think he leaves the ground a little late. I think he's a little late rotationally on help. Um, I think that he is an okay finisher, someone that can maybe be a lob threat um, consistently in the pick and roll. Uh, but he's definitely, for me, I have him uh, in my current tier as someone that I would prefer taking in like a late second round range or as a priority two-way type guy. He won't fall that far. He'll probably go, like I said, between the late first and, and mid-second, I would say. Um, but he's not someone per I'd be particularly like super happy if the Lakers got. You'd say he falls somewhere between maybe 27 and maybe 38, right there, right right. You're talking about late first, early second. Yeah, twenty-five to forty-five, maybe. It's a it, there's a huge range for a lot of these guys. It's just going to be really tough to to pin exactly where they go. Johnny Two K Six is also asking about the second draft, as far as the second round in the draft, and he's asking about all these late because yesterday was the deadline. Yesterday was the deadline for individual players to stay in the draft or pull their names out and become eligible once again for colleges or, or whatever they need to go if it's back overseas and whatnot. But there were about, I think what I see, I, I retweeted, I think about 17 different names, 17 to 20 individuals that, that pulled out within the last 48 hours of that. That's usually commonplace for me from what I remember as far as all the individuals who are getting feedback, who are told that maybe you're going to be a mid to se late second rounder or not even drafted at all maybe changing their mind and heading back to school. Yeah, you might be shocked. There's 108 names that withdrew yesterday. Um, generally, over 200 will declare. Um, at least 50% of them generally know they're not going to be taken, but they just want to go through the pre-draft process to get feedback from teams and see what it is they can improve upon um, going into their next college year. Um, but yeah, 108 guys withdrew. Um, a lot of really significant guys, um, guys like Dayron Holmes, Judah Mintz, um, Terrence Shannon Jr., big names in terms of potential first-round picks uh, that decided to go back to school. So um, that's uh, definitely, I think, thins the crop a bit in terms of second-rounders, but I still think that there's opportunities um, both in pick 47 and in undrafted free agency to hit on guys. Once again, it is Stone Hanson from the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Please go ahead and support him today by checking out his latest episodes. Not only is he doing shows with the guys in regards to specific players, but also specific teams. They're doing team-by-team -team breakdowns. They're inviting you know, experts from around the country, around the NBA, to go ahead and share their thoughts on the NBA Draft as well. So go ahead and check it out, the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Joe... 
when you see what's going on with the draft, there's also the possibility with the Lakers, uh, and uh, you know Stone knows this as well, seeing how LeBron's window is very short and, and how AD's window could be short and, or long. We don't know because he seemingly gets injured seemingly every year these you know now these days. The thought is that maybe you should get a player or bundle, it, bundle the picks or package the picks for someone that you could pay, possibly get as far as that could be a good rotational player or someone that can contribute quite heavily to the team. Your thoughts on that, my friend, and, and do you correlate something like that into what Stone Hansen has been talking about? I don't think there's going to be a lot of value at 17 to justify that pick with who uh, Austin Reeves might be their only leverage in a trade for someone who might play as the superstar three, but then you're sitting there going, why would I do that? Why don't you just keep what you have? Austin Reeves has the potential of being a very good three, which has exceeded my expectations. I thought Austin Reeves would be the perfect six man on a championship team, but he's, he's changed. He's changed that. Uh, especially if he decides to get better in the next two to three years. So I think you'd just be making a lateral move just for the sake of doing something different. Uh, Sign Austin Reeves, draft a player at 17 that at least will give you a chance for him to be valuable in a couple of years. If you can't get the guy that can make an immediate impact. And I, I heard all summer last year that this was supposed to be a very good draft. And I think things have changed since uh, because looking at, again, I haven't delved into it yet. I'm still a little depressed that the Lakers are in the finals and it's getting worse. It it really, it really hit ahead after Miami won game seven. For some reason that just kind of bothered me because I felt, I I, I don't, I don't think I would have worried about the Celtics had it been the Celtics either, but just, the fact that Miami won, I wanted to re- redo of that again in 2020 and win again. And I, I really believe the Lakers would have won again. But I, I'm going to go into this draft here soon, probably likely right after the finals, because I think it's going to be a quick one. And But in some of the stuff that I have read and some of the stuff that I've actually seen late in the tournaments and just some of the late games, because I don't really follow college basketball during the regular season very, very much. I just... I, I wish I could, but I don't have time. Um, I watch a lot of baseball, professional baseball. A lot of watch, obviously, almost every Laker game. I watch every NFL game for my team. So, and of course, a lot of NFL games in general. So it's, it's impossible. I'd have to not work to really watch all the games that I would want. So with that, all all I see in the weaknesses department with most of these players, especially after the Thompson Twins. After they get drafted somewhere in that eight eight area, right? Because I think that's where they'll cap out. Um, everyone is either doesn't have the right motor, doesn't have a good enough shot, or doesn't have a motor. And every time I see that, I'm like, we need someone who's got a motor and who can shoot and is, can be physical. It's like, okay, well, I guess we're going to have to find that player at 17 that might be maybe not physical because he's probably still light and small and develop that. Can he shoot? Yes. Let's see if we can get that guy. Does he have 
the competitive motor, get that, and then everything else develop. Kind of like Max Christie to some degree. Max has a confidence in him. It's got starting. He, he grew a few inches, by the way, since the since the season started and the season ended. So he's 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 got that length a little bit more now. And I, again, I think he has the confidence. You can kind of see it. So now it's let's let's try to get him acclimated to the the physical part of the game, and then obviously everything else will come come together from there. So Stone, if you're in the war room for the Lakers and you're targeting certain areas of need, where would you go to first, depending on where you're at right now in the, as far as number 17? Or would you consider trying to work a trade to move up or down? Um, I, w- I would not move down. I think it's fairly flat. Um, I, I, after, uh, after the lottery, really, I think it's going to start getting a bit flat. Um, and there's not much use in trading down unless you think that you can get a couple guys that, you know, are, are still high enough, um, assets to, you know, get to squeeze two out of one basically. Uh, but I don't really see that. So I would, I would just stay at 17. Um, I think, like I said earlier, trading for someone just to win now when that player is maybe not going to be there long-term is not the best decision, um, depending on who's still available at 17. Um, I would also be looking and consider trading up. Um, if people that I really like, I have a top 12 uh, that's pretty concrete. If someone in that top 12 uh, were to still be there um, and, and not be at 17, uh, I would consider moving up. Uh, someone like Grady Dick would be huge. Um, if you could, if you fell to like 11 or 12, the Lakers want to move up and there's a way to add 47 and like Max Christie. I don't know if that would be enough. And the Lakers fans don't want to move on from Max Christie, but I think Grady Dick is good enough prospect to warrant it. Um, somebody that can really just shoot like an absurd amount, um, really good rotationally as a defender. Not a great on-ball defender, but as a help and off-ball defender is is spectacular in my opinion. Cam Whitmore, I currently have as like the fourth best guy on my board. Uh, I think he has like real star potential. There is a world where he falls outside of the top 10. And again, if you can move up for someone like him, uh, who is like a two-way wing, super strong, um, develop the shooting a little bit more. Um, There's aspects to his game that aren't there, but he – has the tools to do it um a big part of drafting is not necessarily what do they do right now it's what can we get them to do and you know by year two three four um what what can they be not what are they uh, i think that's the best way of looking at the draft um uh, there's other guys too uh that i i would move up for um i just don't really see it as any sort of plausibility uh the one guy that I might move up for that. I don't know if he would stay till 17 would be Bryce Sensabaugh. Uh, I think what Bryce I was Sens- going to ask you. Yeah, I think he's a three-level scorer, one of the best shooters, if not the best shooter in this class, which is saying a lot because this is one of the best shooting classes I've ever evaluated. Solid rebounder as well. <clears throat> he's got a real thick frame. He's about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, uh, like probably from the eye test, like 220, 230. Um, real filled out already struggles defensively, but really does try in hustles. 
Uh, I think that there's room for him to improve. He's only 19. Uh, you could get him in different contexts as like a ro- low man rotator that I think would benefit him more than being like a point of attack type defender. Um, does not need really any space to get a shot off, and which is really important because of how good of a shooter he is. Um, he doesn't really need much airspace to get it off. Uh, and I think as a ball handler has room to improve, has the body to finish through contact, someone I would just really buy as a top 10 talent in this class that I would be willing to move up for if he doesn't fall already to 17. So Nick Smith Jr. and, and Bryce Sensible would be my two maybe picks if they were to be there at 17. Those are the top two targets that I would have. There's also right in that area on most mock drafts and what I've seen on video, two of possibly, I don't know, I guess that, yeah, those two players from Duke, let's say Derek Whitehead and Derek Lively. Someone I've mentioned to you before, Derek Lively is second because of his sheer size at 7-1 and ability to go ahead and block shots. But you, you've kind of uh, not been so high on that, even though that is a, a, a glaring, glaring need for the Lakers as far as trying to fill someone that has his size and possible mobility that could actually accentuate the Lakers defense. But you said that's not an option for you. Derek Whitehead is someone that maybe it's uh, filling some need for, for those as shooting guard, your thought, uh, you know, your thoughts on the Duke uh, guys, as far as Derek Whitehead and Derek Lively. Yeah. Um, I think with lively, I still have him as like a late first, which is a lot lower than he's gotten a recent bump lately. I think a lot of people have him near lottery. Um, I would have him as a late first. I don't dislike him. I just don't think that he's necessarily like this sort of all-star type guy. A lot of people are really sold on what he showed as a shooter at his pro day. I don't think that's really a, a useful context in terms of evaluating guys. You have a full season plus high school film um, that, that shows you who he is. I don't think a three-minute highlight video is going to outweigh that for me. Um, I think he has some uh, ability to expand on that. I don't necessarily buy it as being high enough volume to really matter in an offense. That's a big thing with bigs is a lot of people overrate what a three-pointer is for a big when in reality, if they're only taking one or two of them a game, it doesn't matter all that much. Um, So I I think he's definitely a talented young guy who uh, can be a rim protector, be a role man, uh, to me is just not worth investing in at 17. And a lot, a lot of people I know are going to say, you know, fit in, in what have you to me. Um, I think, like I said, you want to do what makes your two best players the best. Um, and you also want to think about long-term, like what you want this team to be. Um, I think that you don't want to just strictly draft for fit because, uh, in the end, you could be sacrificing, you know, a, a really good player that you could have had uh, just because you wanted to make sure they fit uh, and and fill a hole. Uh, and in most cases, uh, to tell you the truth, like outside of top five, maybe ten guys, um, you, most rookies are going to be bad. Uh, that's just the the um, reality of it. Uh, the first year for a lot of guys is just a really bad year. Um, they're still adjusting, figuring out, especially when you're a one and done, um, you know, how the game works against grown men that are, have been in the league multiple years. There's an adjustment period and generally it's at least a year. Um, you look at guys, you know, in the beginning, uh, Brandon Ingram, even for us 
had a pretty horrendous rookie year, ended up being an awesome player, but there's a big adjustment period that comes for a lot of guys. And I think people are, are quick to overlook that because they want a player to fill a need when in reality, they're, it's going to take a couple years for them to actually fill it. Once again, it is Stone Hansen from the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Please go ahead and join him and the guys at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast, where they give you the latest news and notes on the NBA Draft and who their projections, plus also great interviews and more. Go ahead and check them out today after you go ahead and check us out always at the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. And Joe, I, I wanted to go ahead and bring you back in. When it comes to any questions that you have for Stone on that process, I understand that you, you know, you've not evaluated the talent so far in that range as of yet, whether it's 17 or 47, but obviously your knowledge on the Lakers as a whole and how they went over the season uh, dictates as far as some things that have been done on the off season. And, you know, you and Stone and I, we're going to dedicate an entirely other podcast to go ahead and to break down exactly what the Lakers should be doing this offseason, how it correlates to the cap, the new CBA and all that. But when it comes to what you're looking for, do you think the Lakers might make some moves, be more active or just stay the same as far as just take the 17 to 47 pick in the NBA draft? I don't see them making any moves. I think they've regretted enough in the past, recent past of doing a splash deal out of desperation not it's not spoken a lot but a lot of the reasons why they made that trade was because of Harden going to Brooklyn there was a worry that 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 would be a a a wall that they'd have to climb turned out that those those three only played 18 games or something so you can't react to what other teams do now if anybody would look at me and say Joe that that you're full of it it would be LeBron because he did get screwed in 2016 when uh, Durant signed with Golden State. So that's the beauty of this thing in sports is there's really no, no matter how much you think you know, you you realize you it's like life. As much as you think you know about life, you don't know anything. No one saw Austin Reeves become, but no one saw him become uh, or no one saw him becoming what he's become. No one saw what Alex Caruso would become. And it, it's and I'm using those guys as an example because obviously it's a Lakers show and there's several other players like Caleb Barton who probably should have won. Well, I, I shouldn't say should have. I mean, Jimmy Butler is the best player on that team. He is the MVP, so he actually did deserve it. But he had a better last couple games. Let's just put it that way. So with that... You know, you had mentioned uh, Bryce Sensabaugh. Bryce Sensabaugh, I, I, I kind of know a little bit about. He's he's kind of got that – he's not as big as Charles was back in the day, uh, but he does have that, that 235, 240 weight, which is a lot for a basketball player. But he's 6'6", and he's a scorer, and a guy that doesn't really – he, he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Rui in that he's a scorer. He's going to get you the shots or give you the shots. I don't know if he's going to be able to create within a, a, a system and, and be effective. Uh, I believe he's going to drop past 17 and probably be more in the 20s uh, if I had to pick. And I don't know if you want to pick someone like that at 17 uh, stone, but then again, 
the guys that are going to be available at that time seem to all have glaring weaknesses, kind of similar to what he has. So you, you'll almost have to figure out on how you want to set up the team next year with, with what they want to do there. And that's the part where I need to really delve into this. I, I, I've never been a big draft guy, like getting into the details. Uh, but it's starting to get to the point where it is now starting to intrigue me because of what's happened the last decade where talent is starting to get found in the mid and late rounds as well as uh, off the draft. Uh, the salary cap. Uh, Laker Tom, number one blogger in, in the in, in, around, he, he had a really good post, for those of you who haven't uh, read it, about kind of the salary setup right now with the Lakers going into the offseason. Uh, I read about maybe two or three minutes of it, then I got a call at the at the jet out. But I am going to sit down and read that and act and and really, we want to start really understanding what what that luxury tax situation is going to be because it's going to be important for us to tell our people and our audience why the Lakers aren't going to be doing certain things. It's going to need to make sense. I think that's going to be very important for like uh, the Lakers fast break shows to explain the whys. Because I don't which is see all the more important. Which it's is very important because no one on TV. And again, I, I say no one on TV because I am on my phone working all the time. And I've obviously got a lot of the sports uh, uh, downloads on there. And I'll get, you know, the algorithm brings me certain things. And whether it's YouTube, whether it's Facebook. And I will get a little snippet of here and then. They're all still talking. Or I'll just read the headlines sometimes. And it's the same crap, guys. It's the same crap. It's the headline of whoever's there. Is this guy going to stink? Or is this guy going to be whatever? It's like, dude, can you guys explain something? All they ever do is they'll get Woj on there for about two minutes. Or they'll get some other guy that actually has a brain and some connections. They'll let him talk for about two, three minutes. The only time they let Woj talk for more than two or three minutes is when the trading deadline's going on. Then you'll get 15, 10, 15 minutes, not even that, seven to eight minutes. For us at on this show, I want us to be the draft gurus, as long as Stone is around and not going anywhere. I'd like to definitely take advantage of that. And I want us to explain to our audience what the hell that salary cap is and what the hell the luxury tax is so that if something should happen, we have a reason why. Because we blame Genie for this money crunch. And if some of you guys are out that are out there are in your early 20s, guys, if you guys were around in the early 2000s, Dr. Buss was very frugal for, him for a while there. He didn't bring back Robert Ori after 03. A lot of it because he stunk up 03, but he didn't bring him back because he's like, look, I'm not going to pay Robert Ori his, his final year because he went two for whatever it was. I think it was two for 23 or two for 25 in that San Antonio series. And we ended up losing that series, losing out on the four P he will not pay. And Jeannie will not pay if she's doing what her dad is doing, which is kind of looking like it is. If she doesn't feel like they have a shot at winning the title and that's kind of the payoff, that's kind of the trade-off. And if you're a business person, if you're a fan you know, you can choose to decide on whether that's something you want to you want to accept or not. 
But then again, if you don't want to accept it, you want to rant and go crazy. That's also good for the show too. Uh, especially if you lose a couple games in a row, then, then, then you can kind of let it out. But it's, it's uh, I, the, the, the reason why this off season is going to be crucial is because of the two stars, because I feel that it would be better solidified for this particular era of basketball, which is the LeBron Anthony Davis era to have multiple titles. If they get a second title next year, they go into a completely different category. They're already in a great category. They've won one, but boy, if they get a number, if they get a second one, it, it re- especially with it being 18, it, it really, really sets the table for the Lakers in so many ways as, I mean, they're already a great franchise. They're already one of the most popular ones in the world, but they, they just go up to another level that, that really hasn't ever been touched, in my opinion. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, I'll tell you what, though, when it comes to the Lakers, and once again, it's the Lakers fast break, it is Stone Hansen and Joe Soros, Stone Hansen, Upside Streets NBA Draft Podcast, Joe Soros, LakersBall.com, and Simblades.com. Stone, let me ask you this. When it comes to this draft, this draft is very important, and I save this for the reasons why the Lakers most likely will keep the picks, is because of the fact that with the CBA, the CBA is going to give you essentially one year for those overabundant taxpayers, i.e. like Golden State, i.e. like, for instance, uh, the Clippers, uh, the Lakers are somewhat in the tax area too, to get your act straight because this time next year, you're really going to be sweating bullets because if you go into the 2024-2025 season overabundant on your taxes, you're going to get a lot of your power stripped away. So it's imperative that you take these players at 1747 you hit on them stone you go ahead and you make sure that they're you know hooked up and lined up for quite some time three four-year contracts rob polenka listen to me three four-year contracts to sign them up long term get them under contract at a small price and then you can build a team from there yep and i think uh i mean in the first round you know they're obviously guaranteed money um, in the second round, it becomes, to me, it's kind of ridiculous. Like some guys get drafted um, and the team that drafts them never even signs them to a deal, uh, which is ridiculous to me. Um, there's there, there's players that, you know, if you get drafted, you should get a contract, in my opinion. But uh, I think, yeah, 47, uh, even an undrafted free agency, there's definitely names that um, are, you know, around um, that could be hits um there's guys that i think are useful for this team that's more where i would look to address team need honestly uh for the lakers specifically like i would just go at 17 with who you think the best player is people talk about fit 
the Lakers have, I mean, ultimately two players that you should look to build around, right? Like there's two players worth considering as franchise blocks. Austin's great. Austin's probably not a top two player on a championship team. Um, I think LeBron and Anthony Davis are the top two guys you're looking at um, in terms of, you know, who you want to put around them. Um, And if that's the case, anybody fits, right? Like you just, anyone can fit around those two because, um, yeah, but uh, you're you're probably not getting a usage, a player with that sort of usage at 17 regardless. Um, But I think that, uh, I mean, obviously shooting is the big thing, but like I said, this is one of the better, um, the better draft classes in terms of shooting. And uh, even then, you have to look into the long term. This is this is a team that is is not going to be contending for a title five six years from now. They're just not young enough to do that. Uh, with the, with with LeBron and Anthony Davis as your best two players, we can do it. They just those two just won't be, um, you know, the ones leading us uh, in that time frame. So you want to find guys that you can keep replenishing with. Uh, and if you go with a team need versus a you know what player might bring better talent. Uh, I think you are making a mistake um, because you, you, there's the, the, look at what the Warriors did, right? Um, they went with Wiseman because they didn't think Lamelo could fit, uh, and now Lamelo's a much much better player, and Wiseman is probably a backup. So you are sacrificing better talent for fit for this team specifically. I don't think is the right move. Uh, having said that, at like forty seven, uh, undrafted and forty seven, I think can be lumped together because I think there's a lot of guys that are just going to be in that sort of range um, that, you know, could go up 47, could be undrafted free agents. Charles Bediaco, someone I've really liked. He's uh, a center out of Alabama. He does two things well, um, and that's be a rim deterrent defensively and be a role man uh, as a center on offense. And that's his two things. He operates out of the dunker spot. Um, he does decent passes out of the short roll. That's something he's improved with over high school. And you're not going to get a whole lot in general of upside as an undrafted free agent, but there's room, in my opinion, for Bediaco to be like a pretty solid backup center uh, in the NBA. And I think getting that out of an undrafted free agent would be an amazing you know, hit on a player. So um, that's definitely someone I would look for uh, in that sort of range. Uh, there's a couple other guys, but um, unless you want me to go through a whole list, uh, I'll leave Why it Why not? Absolutely. We've got, uh, <laughs> we've got about 10 minutes left. Go go for it, my friend. Okay, yeah. Um, in that sort of range, I also like uh, Mojave King. He played for Ignite. I'm sure Gerald's seen him. He's someone I've been in draft uh, things for five, six years now um, amongst our circles and he played uh, in the Global Academy in Australia in high school. Um, he's played professionally in Australia, in New Zealand, uh, overseas in, in three or four different leagues now, and then went to Ignite. So he's been a professional basketball player for like four years now. Um, somebody that I think has played a multitude of roles, can play a multitude of roles in the NBA. He has great athleticism, uh, can be a prolific catch-and-shoot guy, but it's really streaky. It's really up and down can ball handle a little bit more than he showed at Ignite this year. Uh, somebody I think is is pretty interesting. Other guys that I would like in that sort of range, um, maybe uh, Jordan Miller would be interesting. I don't know 
how likely it is that he gets undrafted free agency, but he might be there around 47. Uh, he's a wing out of Miami, uh, someone that I think can do a little bit of everything uh, without being elite at any one thing. Um, he can pass a bit. Uh, he can shoot, finish with either hand on either side. Um, just an interesting wing, a bit older, uh, but I think, you know, it is someone worth looking at in that sort of range. Uh, the last guy I'll bring up uh, in that sort of range uh, would be Ricky Council out of uh, Arkansas. I think that he is someone that is really like a prolific scorer. Um, does not have the best defense right now. I think does try. Uh, very athletic. Um, not a super great catch-and-shoot guy. I think he could be okay uh, in, with limited volume, but I think you know he's more of an off-the-bench guy who just brings it and can get to the rim pretty much at will. Um, he just always gets to the rim or pulls up for a mid-range jumper, and he's pretty efficient at them. So uh, the scoring is something I see translating fairly easily, and I, I'd be willing to take a shot at him at 47. Once again, it is Stone Hansen. Please go ahead and check out his great work along with the rest of the guys at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Those guys are tremendous at breaking down all the different variations of what's going on with the picks. They also have great interviews with people lined up all over the NBA. Go ahead and check it out today. It is the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast so you can get the latest news and notes for the NBA Draft as it goes along. Again, uh, as Stone mentioned, about 108 names overall withdrew from the NBA Draft. So see who's left, see who's going to go where, and get a good idea of what's going on in the NBA Draft with the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. But Joe Soro of LakersBall.com, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, as far as close it out with both of you guys before we head on out. Your thoughts, though, you know, again, with the new CBA on the horizon, and the fact is they're giving teams a season to get their act straight, the Lakers need to make uh, not only costly moves as far as financially that will help benefit them long term, but also moves that will help them win now while the window is still there if LeBron, which most likely people are saying LeBron will, come back to go ahead and play once again. Oh, yeah, he's coming back. I don't see where, <laughs> why, why he would. No one's, no one's going to say no to – Fifty million dollars a year for the next each for the next couple of years. Uh, I'm rounding up, of course. The job of the Lakers in this offseason is to they're going to have to preserve LeBron. They got a pass the last eighteen months or minus if, during the tra- during the trade deadline. Let's say trade deadline and before since the Russell, Russell trade. Russell Westbrook trade. You tried something there, didn't work. Okay, it's in the past. Stop lingering on it. Stop thinking about it. Stop talking about it. Stop figuring, you know, just forget about that now. Soon as this thing starts, soon as this new season starts, the job of the Lakers, no matter what it takes, if you want to win a championship with LeBron and AD as the focal points, you are going to have to figure out a plan to preserve LeBron James especially. If you can do that next season, you have a huge shot at winning the title. Even if you keep the core, relatively the the main core of Austin Reeves and let's say Vando and D'Angelo Russell had a terrible Denver series, but he, he had a really good Golden State and Memphis series. 
uh, if, if we threw everyone out that had a bad series the previous season, we'd have 100 NBA players that, that have done that. We can't be prisoners of the moment and say D'Angelo doesn't have any value. If you want to say he doesn't have any value on defense and you're surprised that his defense stunk in the Denver series, then you haven't been watching basketball. Denver exploited it. We couldn't adjust. It's that simple, guys. Now, I would like D'Angelo Russell and Darvin Ham and the team to try to help him play better defense. And think of it that way. Why? Because it's going to be much easier to sign him now that he stunk. So there's a silver lining there. And at the same time, you have now a training camp to prepare with these guys who are very young. Some are very athletic and some are driven to play well. Rui played well when it mattered. A lot of value there if you can get him at a good number. Austin Reeves has the it factor in being a good team player and a good basketball player that could play around two stars. That's how they have to have their mindset, in my view. You have that mindset. Let's put this thing together. Let's use the tools we have. And if for some reason something happens, then adjust. But it has to be the right situation. It has to be that guy that's like, dude, this is like Jimmy Butler getting put into the team. And then and then, then you make that decision and you, you roll with it. But there is nothing I think is more important this offseason than to set this team up for 2023-2024 for LeBron to not play more than 30 minutes a game the entire regular season. And the way the NBA is set up now where you can be a seventh seed and an eighth seed and still be dangerous, which is the first time I've ever seen it be that, a minus a strike season or a lockout season. Now you can, now I'll buy into the fact that you can coast during the regular season somewhat and then turn it on in the regular season. I'm sorry, in the playoffs. In this case, it's a necessity. I, I'd rather not see him miss 20 games. I don't want him, I don't want them to miss 20 games. I want them to be managed for every game they can play. There's a difference. There's a huge difference because there's continuity that you still need, that you need to build. If he's gone for 10 games, that doesn't help with continuity. That's what I think this team needs. And if they had these guys at the beginning of the year, maybe we beat Denver. Maybe. Maybe we don't even face Denver. Who knows how it would have played out. But the focus now is... Get your guys set and ready. Sign who you're going to sign. Adjust. And then hopefully in the draft, if we can somehow get lucky again and, and, and draft a Zubach in the second round, something like that, and then hopefully find some guard. Because my, my feeling is just some kind of a guard that can maybe get to the hoop a little bit that, could, that you can get at 17. That would be immensely valuable. <laughs> Uh, I think that's what's going to actually dictate who the Lakers sign also, guys. Whether they're going to sign D'Angelo to a certain contract or whether they're going to bring back Rui. Uh, 
let's let's use Stone's example of Bryce Sensabaugh. If they draft Bryce at 17, let's say, I think that's a telltale sign that Rui's not coming back because in a lot of ways they're kind of the same player from what I've read and, and seen to some degree. A little shorter, but but kind of that score type player that doesn't really – he's not really a glue to an offensive scheme. So, yeah, what's great is we, 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 we do a show where we want to keep people engaged, and this is going to be our chance to get everyone engaged because I, I do like where we're picking, uh, especially considering where we thought we were going to be at the beginning of the year. A lot of us thought this pick was going to go somewhere else, and it's not. And then, of course, Sorry, we have, yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, we have players that we got at the deadline that have some value. And now we're going to have a chance to to bring those guys back, some of those guys back, and and go to this particular setup to where, hey, we have some youth. Let's use them. Let's put the, put the right scheme together this this soft season and training camp to mag- to make their talents work for us to, 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 to the point where we can get to one more level and hopefully win a championship. All right. But that's Joe Soro. Please go ahead and check him out. That's Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. But the guy with the last word for today's show will be Stone Hanson. Stone, know you guys got a lot of work ahead of you and what you're doing for now on the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Get everybody up to speed. And yes, Devotion, I would love to have him as a regular part. But again, as with everybody that's ever been on this show, how much they want to be on this show is entirely up to them. So again, Stone, we'd love to have you on. We love, But that's as much as you like to, that's up to you. But let us know. Give us the update of what you're working on at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Yeah, um, I love being on this podcast. So thanks again for having me on. Um, I'll Even with try- Joe? <laughs> even with joe um especially with joe uh i i uh i love being on here and i uh i have a lot of work i'm doing so it's more a matter of time management than anything um i think this is the fourth podcast today and i still have a few more to do um just for today and then i have like seven or eight tomorrow as well um we're recording a ton uh putting out tons of uh content whether it be on the website upsideswings.com wherever you get your podcasts Uh, we do two two and a half hour breakdowns of multiple players uh, within the draft discussing everything Um, i'll be in about an hour and a half uh, live on youtube with adam spinella or the box and one uh, discussing more draft philosophy and guys in that class Uh, if you want to check that out if you're watching live right now Um, and then also uh, anything I'm doing draft wise, if it's not with upside swings, you can also find uh, on Twitter at report underscore court. Um, I post lots of clips dissecting everybody, um, talking about you know players all the time. Ninety nine percent of my content is draft related. Um, so if that interests you and you want to learn more about it, uh, I hopefully am somewhat of an okay resource to uh, to look for. So check it out if you want. That's the UpsideSwings.com, the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, and report underscore court on Twitter. Please follow him today. Support him the best you can, everyone out there. We would truly appreciate it. Once again, like and subscribe to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. 
Joe Sorrell, you can go ahead and find him always since Ox1947 right there at LakersBall.com. But before we head it out, I wanted to go ahead and mention, if you did not see it in the notes for this weekend, I, I think that the guys from Lakerholics.com, they both contacted me. They both said that they're ready. They both said that they're going to be glad to put a new show out there for each and every one of you on the weekends. Going to go ahead for a new Lakers weekend show with the Lakerholics crew. So that's Lakerholics.com crew of Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, and also Jamie Sweet. They're going to go ahead and be a part of what we're doing with their own show. I don't know if it gets into some major arguments, because if you check them out on Lakerholics.com, they have a tendency to go ahead and get into some arguments. So it's going to be very interesting to see. It's going to be this Saturday at 12 p.m. Pacific, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Joe, great to have you here. Stone, great to have you here. Guys, and everyone in the chat, you've been the best as always. Again, we're not going away. I just went on vacation a little bit, just took a few days off. Uh, I know Magic Man, he just wanted to go ahead and take some time off and absolutely respect his wishes on that. He's always welcome back whenever he wants. But, you know, I'm just so glad to see everyone out there, all these friendly faces once again. But please go ahead, like and subscribe. When I get back to Las Vegas, I will go ahead and kick out a lot more episodes, you know, as it gets closer and closer to the NBA draft and, of course, free agency. You know, we got to ramp it up. I know Joe has said that he might be doing a playback tonight for the NBA Finals. So I'll leave that up to him. And if he does, we'll go ahead and, and tweet on that. Do you, are you going to go ahead and plan to do a playback? or? Well, I, I have one more task here in the next half hour, and then I'll be coming back. So I will uh... – ultimately be at play on playback just don't know when exactly all right well i'll tell you what i'll start it up but i do need you to go ahead and be a supporter because i'm going to be on the road here in seattle in a bit but again for stone hansen it's gerald glassford and also as well joe sorrell thanks so much for watching and listening it is truly appreciated <laughs> i see the joe versus john show that needs to happen according to blue magic uh I'll, I'll ask John to see if he's up for it. But I also got to get John back up on the air. L. Rob, I'm hoping to get back up in the air. There's still more Lakers History 101. There's still more uh, Do You Know Your Lakers trivia. That's on the way as well. All these great shows we're going to be doing over the course of the summer. Also going to be getting a feedback on all the different NBA teams that are out there as far as their planning for the offseason as well and how it looks going into next season. So I also want to go ahead and, and get some feedback more on the CBA and what that looks like, because I know you guys are asking for it as well. So truly, truly, yeah, glad Gerald is safe. I think I'm safe, but, you know, came back from Canada, okay? So we'll see what happens. But, again, it is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll see you this weekend with the Lakerholics crew right here at the Laker Fast Break Podcast.